This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Since birth, we seem to see the world through a lens that is external to us. No one ever learns to look inward and question the reality of the world through the values and perceptions that they hold. This leads to distorted perceptions of reality. We live in a society that strives for perfection. There are endless messages telling us that we need to slim down, get richer, get smarter, and be better in every way. This mindset can make it easy to lose sight of the fact that it's okay for us to be flawed. By embracing your perceived weaknesses and highlighting what makes you flossom, flaws plus awesome, you will begin to realize that you can grow personally and cultivate real power by embracing your weaknesses. So let's toast to our imperfections and great achievements despite them. Let's embrace our flossomeness. Valeria interviews Simone Lucci. He is the CEO and founder of Healthy.World, a unique wellness-as-a-service software platform helping companies save money on healthcare costs and encouraging their employees to stay or get healthy. Simone also serves as the founder and chief wellness officer at Sacred Healing, LLC, where he has leveraged a personal health crisis to enhance the well-being of 300-plus clients with a focus on healing trauma, physical pain, and mental and emotional limitations. Simone is the creator of Applied Neurocellular Therapy, which combines modern technology and ancient wisdom into a unique and powerful healing modality. Meet Simone at sacredhealing.us, simonelucci.com, and healthe.world. Here's the interview with Simone Lucci. In your own words, who is Simone Lucci? I am a amazing soul having a human experience, and uh, I would say probably picking a very crazy incarnation with a bunch of different experiences. And so now in my early 50s, starting to reflect on all of those experiences and starting to really make a difference in, in the collective and for the collective. How wonderful to hear that. That's wonderful news for all of us. So I love the way you answered that question. I never heard it that way. Of course, I, I heard it similar, being um, a human being, having a spiritual experience or a spiritual being, have a human experience, I've heard it all. But how did you come to this understanding, to this conclusion? It, it seems to me, it sounds very real to me the way you speak. Yeah, you know, it's, it was a long journey, really. Um, I would say I've been growing up with this feeling that something is 
wrong with me, that something mm. is flawed. Um, you know, I've had issues with being bullied in, uh, in elementary school, uh, all the way up to kind of, you know, the teenage days when, um, I would fall in love with a girl and been rejected. So with this feeling of like, something's wrong with me. But what I realized later in life that actually nothing is wrong. Mm. It was more of a different vibration. I think that sometimes people didn't know what to do with me. Um, and unfortunately I had to navigate to health crisis to really wake up to my true purpose and remember again of who I am as a soul and and uh, you know that started um, um, kind of you know more clarity and and I guess more purpose for me yes and it seems like it's it happens for everyone in a way of course at different levels and stages this journey of uncovering what we are not even who but what is this something that, from your perspective, you always take struggle to get to that truth or some of us are actually born already knowing that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was saying for a while that I um, was done with this incarnation. I don't want to come back ever again. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, a good friend of mine and also yeah. I mentioned at one point that when I, that I don't incarnate <laughs> often, when I do incarnate, that I pick these crazy lives with a lot of different experiences. Experiences. So, you know, I think there is uh, definitely a lot to be said about my own experience, like I mentioned in the intro. And what I found fascinating is kind of this notion of our soul plan that we have, right? So it's, it's before our incarnation, what do we want to experience in, uh, in this human body? Yeah. And who do we want to experience things with? Um, mm. And then really kind of picking the right parents, so to speak, to have yeah. the, the, the best chances of experiencing all these things. And then really a little bit of the topic of midlife crisis, um, you know, I have come to the realization that it's actually almost a, a, a kind of a pause in this incarnation to renegotiate, right? Mm. So have, have I learned the things that I yeah. wanted to learn? Have I achieved the things I wanted to do? And do I want to continue maybe, you know, for some of us in this suffering plane, or is it time for me to now mm. renegotiate and tell a different story and kind of mm. dream? dream a new life into being. And so mm. that's kind of where I'm at uh, at this point in my life. Right. Wow. You said so much there. I guess the question that comes to mind is, do you actually have um, the felt understanding, that felt awareness that this is really what happens? Because for most of us, it seems like it's an idea, it's a concept that's very attractive in a way. But of course, I have talked to so many people who they speak with so much clarity and conviction that um, it's very challenging for the ego mind or the rational mind to reject these ideas of, especially the idea of reincarnation and learning lessons here. So I guess the question is, is that something that you have experienced? How could we experience this to be certain that this is a learning plane. And then uh, if we don't learn the lessons, we keep coming back and renegotiating contracts and all that. How do we get to really know that this is how it works? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I would say there's probably various answers that I can give you. And I try to be, you know, maybe I'll give you two realizations and perceptions that I have. The first one really is coming from uh, a few of my near-death experiences that I've had of kind of, you know, ending up, um, that I could have left uh, early, uh, but chose not to. Mm. Um, and through all of that, um, there are things that I remember, like 
um, specifically in my healing practice, um, I will do certain techniques that I don't know. I've never learned it anywhere, yeah. but I know, and they mm. work. Mm. So it's kind of a remembering of things that I must have done, you know, before. And maybe even some people talk about these deja vus and I've been here before. It feels something that feels familiar to me, whether it's a place or, or meeting someone, right? Um, and then uh, the other part of it um, that's more factual in my shamanic training, um, you know, I belong to this beautiful tribe of the Cairo shamans uh, from South America. And um, their belief really is about the time isn't linear, but time is circular so that you can travel backwards in time and forward in time. Um, and so that concept is somewhat strange when you when you kind of are in this, you know, body you get you're born as a baby and you uh and you transition as an you know hopefully for most of us as an older person um you know but when you really start to embrace that concept that time could actually be circular mm. um and you start to uh you know travel back and you kind of see things in meditations that uh you go oh this is starting to make sense you know like previous incarnation so i guess I want to acknowledge that this is a topic that for some of us is probably harder to grasp. So I speak from mm. personal experience, hence what also influences my, my perception. Mm. Yes, right. Because it feels abstract yeah, for some people, right? And for me too, in the beginning when I heard, although I had lots of experience myself, First one, I believe it was around six, seven years old, where I looked at myself in the mirror and, and I said, oh, you're here again. And you came back as a woman, mm. as a girl. So without knowing anything, where did that come from? So that never left me, that, that experience. So, but it's a, it's a knowledge that it, at the same time, it's not a rational knowledge. It's a spiritual knowledge, isn't it, Simone? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and so for me, these near-death experiences haven't necessarily been what you normally hear from people about, oh, right. well, you know, I died and I saw myself on the operating table and, yeah. you know, I went to the light and they said it was not time yet. Uh, you know, for me, it's more of a, you know, I didn't die at the time. Right. Um, and so it was a reason of like, okay, well, what is it? And uh, is it pure luck, right, that I'm still mm -hmm. here? Yeah. Um, or is there, you know, an, an, an inner uh, you know, purpose. And I will take a little bit of a vulnerable road here of sharing something that had a profound impact on me. Um, so I talked a bit about um, having had some, some health challenges. And in 2020, um, in addition to the pandemic, um, I had a bout with cancer. And, um, you know, kind of through the kitchen sink at it, felt really good after the year. And then in 2021, I had a lump in my throat, basically, and, and it came back. And I thought, man, this cannot be like, I can't go there again. Right. And mm. um, I worked with a, uh, with a psychic medium at the time, and she shared with me that, uh, and again, this is a concept uh, for another call, perhaps. <laughs> yes, I love her it. Her belief yeah. is, yeah. you know, that out of whatever nine karmic lessons, huh. I picked six. Yeah. And one of those uh, uh, karmic lessons was to, um, to die of a natural death that I had uh, previously um, in, in other incarnations um, committed suicide and or had, you know, accidental deaths. And so my goal this lifetime was really to, um, to die of natural causes. Um, and as I started to reflect on this, um, I thought, well, this is interesting that this is coming back. So I have not really addressed the root cause of why this is coming again. Um, you know, this cancer returning. 
And um, I changed my narrative. So I changed mm. it from cancer is not in my future because that was always, uh, you know, a thing that my mom said, um, you know, um, yeah. colon cancer runs in the family and you've got to have colonoscopies and all these. But I would say cancer is not my future. Well, mm. the universe doesn't understand the word no or not. Yeah. So I changed his narrative to I live a long and healthy life and repeated that, you know, probably mm. 30, 60 times a day mm. for a month or two. And all of that went away. And I have never ever wow. had any symptoms ever again. So you tell me, wow. right? it's an interesting thing of mm. um, when you start to realize there's mm. something there and you become active mm. in the embracing of this, you know, karmic lesson in my case. So mm. for me, it had a profound impact. And I think that's why I continue uh, to see um, that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Mm. And, coming into this body so we can smell and touch and feel mm. and you know do all the things that we as a as a source as the soul unable to wow yes um ah, thank you for sharing that yes a billion times to that truth right we are spiritual beings and with that in mind i guess from what you said actually the realization that we are spiritual beings that ch- changes everything from the perspective, the body-mind, of course, because I'm a student of Vedanta. I'm not sure if you heard about Advaita Vedanta. It's non-duality. It's a non-dualistic mm-hmm. view. Mm-hmm. So with them, they're very straight to the point when it comes to what we are, not who we are, but we are life itself. We are God experiencing itself. Of course, we are not the body and the mind, although the body and the mind is in God. So the way they explain that, it's just so clear to me that once we realize what we are, then everything changes. And it seems like some people, they go gradually through this process of re- realization, just little by little. And you now, like in your case, realizing that, that peace, that if, if I now reprogram in a way the mind, the subconscious or the unconscious, then everything will change in the physical uh, reality. So, but for some people, it's very radical. They really go deep into, wow, that nothingness and fullness at the same time of what we are. And in that, they become liberated. And then what does it mean to be liberated? That's another question I often ask. And of course, and I have studied those things, but it's still very, sounds very abstract, but feels real to me again. Liberation can happen here now. It's not something that we wait until we die, we lose the body to realize it's already here. Do you get that feeling too, Simone, that when once we know that we are freedom itself, then uh, let's say the manifestation of that is peace, it's um, happiness, it's lightness, really. You don't really get attached to anything that much. You just kind of engage with everything, but it's not, it doesn't have the pull that most before had. Like in my case, I was just so, I was traumatized as as a child. And then, gosh, I just throughout my entire teenage years in a young adult, was completely confused. Emerged really living the reality of the body-mind and both of them were traumatized. So I was in in this loop, loop of suffering and pain until I kind of open up to healing and all the ideas that I, I, I have been open to, to this point. So it, it really changed everything, but at the same time, it doesn't. It's almost as if nothing really changed. It was always the same, but I was, the mind was not able to recognize it 
or the body, but it was always there. That truth, what we are, is always present, always here. Yeah, absolutely. Michael Singer has a great book out that talks a little bit about the untethered soul. And, you know, he speaks a bit about the mind. And I found that an interesting one, right? So if, if, if mm-hmm. uh, I think mm-hmm. he says something in there about uh, if, if uh, our mind was our roommate, we would have kicked yeah. him, him or <laughs> yes. her out of the, yeah. of the apartment a long time ago. Right. Bad advice um, <laughs> yes. And I, and I believe, you know, that uh-huh. out of that uh, sort of ego mind and like mm-hmm. this mind itself, you know, is it possible that we construct a world in the way that we want to see it versus, you know, the way it really is? So, you know, perhaps there is a bit of that duality there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I kind of, my, so my um, experience has been kind of the experience of no attachment. So yeah. not attaching to an outcome. Uh, and right. just treating each and every mm. situation as an experience that mm. that is here mm. neither good nor bad. Mm. Um, but I think we we are sort of in this wiring of you know good versus evil, right? This is all the movies that are out yes. there, <laughs> yeah. um, kind of the superheroes, uh-huh. um, and and it's yeah. tough, right? When you yes. when you when someone has a really deep traumatic experience in life, yes, and you try to teach them about no attachment, um, mm. you know. So yeah. I think there are, yeah. these are really, you know, tough philosophical questions that I'm still wrestling <laughs> yes. found that uh, by really practicing this no attachment in a lot of different situations has become, mm. ha- has made life easier in that sense. Yes. Uh, uh, right. Because when you don't fight against something, uh, when you just realize that, you know, you are whole mm. and you are exactly where you need to be, mm. Mm. that, that, that kind of takes mm. away a little bit of the of the burden. Yes, that's it. Yeah, it, it is the realization. It's almost starting with uh, the answer to the big question of what, who am I? So we start with that. In Vedanta, we just start with the, the answer, with the end goal per se. If there is a destination, we just, we're already there. <laughs> you're already it. You're already whole, perfect as you are. And then from that space per se, space less space, it's easier to explore and to perceive the realities of the body and mind. The body will, of course, go back to the natural world. That's what it belongs. It belongs here. And then the mind also goes back to where it belongs, which is not really, it's just a tool. It's not the essence. So it's right, interesting. Right. To, well, we, sometimes we look at the mind as if it is the source of everything. And it's not. It really, it's, I mean, it's That's fantastic right. to, to know that. Yeah, yeah. To realize that it's amazing. Oh, yes. So, gosh, I will talk to you forever about these things. It sounds very philosophical, abstract, and always spiritual, but it, it just feels so real to me. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, Simone. It really, really does. So, going back to what you do, you are a transformational and customer centric executive, energy medicine practitioner, creator of applied neurocellular therapy. CEO and founder of Healthy with EE at the end dot world. So I have all your websites will be here on the podcast profile too. So talk to me about what do you do, all these different, let's say, different facets of who you are. Talk to me for a moment about each one of them. Yeah, happy to. 
So I've been an executive for the last 25 years or so in financial services. And, and I think like many of us, uh, just you go through career and you feel like, uh, you know, you have to achieve something, you have to move, <laughs> yeah. up, the, move up the ladder and, you know, <laughs> yeah. reach the top. And, you know, we live here in the U.S. in, in kind of the, the land yeah. of, of anything is possible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I think my reality was definitely dictated uh, a lot uh-huh. by, you know, you have to make it uh, in life and you have to achieve something. Uh, a lot of that had to do with my upbringing, uh, my parents, for sure. Um, and um, I had what I would call my first wake-up call uh, of my first health crisis uh, back in 2016. Um, I uh, was misdiagnosed with, uh, was ending up being an autoimmune, but basically I could no longer get out of bed. So my my hands were swollen shut, my my uh, hip joints and my, my, you know, my shoulders, everything was just locked up. Um, and, um, I didn't really know what to do, but it kind of rocked my world in a sense, um, and found help in a clinic in Switzerland, um, and realized that, oh, it's like, you know, like, as I said, it's almost like this wake up call, this like halfway point of, and, um, as I started to realized that I didn't want to follow the Western route. So the doctor mm-hmm. at the time, you know, I, have, I, I really have to say thank you, doc, because mm-hmm, yes. he said one key thing. He wanted to put me on some kind of malaria medication. And he goes, oh. uh, you know, you should go see an ophthalmologist because you could go blind. And for me, this was like, wait, my eyes are the only thing that are working <laughs> right now. Why would I, why would I mess with that? Right. Um, and so that was kind of the path on finding uh, some integrative clinics in, in, in Europe. Um, that's a story for another day. I'm completely healthy. I'm not taking any medication or supplements. Um, And um, during that time, I was introduced to um, uh, Dr. Alberto Violdo, many of you know, founder of the Four Winds, um, and have um, or had attended a Growing a Body workshop. And during that week, um, we did a despacho at the end, so kind of a thankfulness ritual and I felt energy in my hands for the first time Uh, and really profound like I mean you know like a water hose would hit my the palms of my Mm, hands and you know I paid attention it was startled and um, as I came back home um, a good friend of mine suggested well you need to do something with it you know maybe you look into Mm. Reiki Mm, and yeah. at the time, I thought yeah. you're all crazy. I mean, you know, <laughs> this, this executive, you know, corporate and all that. I was <laughs> married at the time, and then uh-huh. you know, just from the moment that I surrendered, I just woke up one morning, probably a year later, and I was surrendering into it. You know, I separated, divorced, um, and then really was lucky that I was able to train with a with a variety of wonderful. Um, indigenous healers uh, from around the world. And so that's kind of the story of sacred healing, uh, my private practice where I, uh, where I do hands-on healing, uh, everything from, you know, physical pain through emotional trauma, uh, soul retrievals, you name it. So it's, it's a beautiful work. And um, through all of that, um, I realized in my own health story that the medical system here in the U.S. is, is just broken. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to get, uh, through to a PCP and, or then, you know, a lot of these misdiagnoses, a lot of these autoimmunes, you know, that are happening. So, um, as a result of that, I felt like it was time to equip employers, uh, with better health and wellness tools to, you know, keep their employees healthy, uh, hence why healthy with two E's was created. Um, and, uh, so I'm kind of on a mission now to, uh, really, um, change the way we think about healthcare in America to provide mm. better tools 
Um, so it's, uh, it's an exciting time to, uh, you know, to do that. Right. And then I think you asked me a bit of, on applied neurocellular therapy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, what I realized was in my private practice that I have some clients, it's a once and done. That's kind of my prayer always that, you know, it's a miraculous healing Uh, for others. It takes a few. And then the most peculiar clients are the ones where it doesn't work. And, you know, what I found was that by applying more modern science with, uh, with ancient wisdom, uh, so, so uh, applied neurocellular therapy is nothing else than um, using technology to sever the neurological pathways from the cellular structure so that I can go in and alleviate things that otherwise are blocked by the subconscious. Mm. So I just sense that we are on the verge of something new, that we're relooking the way we think about healthcare, that, you know, Western medicine has its place, but I think the expansion of consciousness and the way, mm. what, what does healing, what does wellness, what does health, mm. uh, you know, really mean, I think is, mm. is a new frontier that I, that I, that I am at the forefront of. Mm. Wow. I love everything about it. Huh? The exploration of that, yeah, healing, spirituality, right, wellness, well-being, all that. Yes, you're doing really beautifully. I'll have those three websites, simonlucci.com, healthy.world, and sacredhealing.us. I'll have all three on your, this podcast profile. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. For Thank those you. who want to yeah. uh, take a look at it, check that out. So um, let's talk about the main topic, actually. Let me see what the title of this episode is. I usually have a, a title. There's a topic and then there's a title. I, I titled this episode, The Flossom Life, Radical Self-Acceptance, Freedom and Meaning. The inspiration was before speaking to you, I was inspired by the article you sent me mm-hmm. being the main topic. But now I don't, I don't know. I might change it. <laughs> I might. <laughs> so sure. let's talk about flossom. So the idea here, as I have understood, is being flossom, as you say, is all about embrace, embracing your weakness without letting them define you. Talk to me about the idea, first of the idea of being flawed. Where does it come from? Is, yeah, I would love to understand that. For some reason, I, I talked to you off record about, about this. It doesn't resonate with me, the idea of that I'm flawed, that you are flawed, the humans are flawed. I think we are temporary, we are imperfect. But there's something about the word flaw, uh, flawed, for some reason, I don't know what it is. So talk to me about that. What is to be flawed from your perspective? Yeah, I know. You had, you had kind of a, <laughs> a reaction to that. Yes, uh, yes. Um, yeah, and I'm glad mm. you asked, right? Um, so the way, the way that I, that I am mm. uh, perceiving all of this, right, is that mm. we, and really the, 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 the key here is perception or mm. you know, what is perceived. Right. You know, you think about it. So you, you're born, you know, you wake up or, or you're born and you open your eyes and you see the world through your eyes. So you don't ever really question what you're seeing, whether that's real, whether that's mm. right or wrong, right? Mm. And then, yeah. of course, you put marketing and <laughs> yeah. all the stuff on top of it, right? So we're, we're, we're supposed to be thinner and we're supposed to be, you know, less less wrinkles and mm. like all these <laughs> kind of tools, right, to make yeah. external appearance to, to mm. look better, right? Yes. Yes. And then, of course, we sort of then, uh, you know, go into school and maybe we, you know, are not as gifted in certain um, areas. Um, and 
Now that all of a sudden, you know, goes like, oh, I'm not good in math, so I, I suck at life. You know, that could right. be the, the, mm. the radical way of, of thinking about it. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, you get, and that's really where I, I started this article and this movement of flossom, right? Is in, in most American war cultures, there's still this notion of development plans. So you will have, uh, you know, a mid-year review or, I don't know, one-on-one uh, -on -one or something, and your boss will sit down to you and say, Simone, you know, great job, but there's a few areas that I think you can find. <laughs> and so now, yeah, you go like, shit, okay, now I have to, like, all of a sudden, uh, you know, focus on an area maybe that I'm not as gifted. And so don't, like, don't, don't get me wrong, right? I'm yeah. a lifelong learner as well, but it's in areas that I feel passionate about, and it's mm. in areas that I'm interested in. Uh, when you start to focus on those flaws, and I think maybe that's why you have these reactions to it, right? I don't like the word either. Mm, yeah. So much focus on yeah. feeling like something's wrong with us right. versus really focusing on what are what are my gifts, right? Where am I good at? Mm. And our culture mm. hasn't really uh, adapted to that side of things, right? So the good news is there's some companies now that are realizing the potential uh, of understanding the gift and the strengths that each employee brings to their company. And as you start to acknowledge that and you equip people with more responsibilities in areas that they're really, really good at, now you have this, you know, like this force to be reckoned with. Mm. Uh, and I find that amazing, right? And so so the 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 reason why I wrote the article was mm. because I was so tired of mm. you know kind of feeling like something's wrong with me. I have to fix I'm listening to clients of oh well I would I would like to be thinner, better, you know, this and that. And and then, you know, the the employer mm. side of things that I mentioned. Yeah. So so mm. it's really a game, right? So so flossum mm. comes together from flaws and awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to mm. be more awesome, you know, than flaws. Mm, more yes. flaws. Uh, but yes. it's a realization, right, that there that, that there's something that we still feel like, oh, you know, we're not fitting in or something wrong. But right. you don't put as much emphasis on that anymore. Mm. And you really start to go, okay, yeah, that's there, right? So it's a little bit of the no attachment like we mm. talked about. Yeah. You don't, you're not attached to any of this. Um, yes. And through life with more gratitude and with more mm. uh, feeling of, um, you know, you're, mm. you're, you're uniquely you. Yes. Celebrate that. Um, don't compare yourself with others so much and, you know, focus on what you have. Mm, that's a big one. Yeah. No comparison. Yes. That makes sense to me. And, you know, I know the focus more on corporate people at the workplace and even for individuals, right, in general, I tend to bring everything to the universal kind of perspective. And then listening to you, it kind of came to me that when you say, hey, what's wrong, what's wrong? I mean, everything's wrong when we think about <laughs> the human experience, right? It's just an experience and we take it so seriously. The sense that the body will, I mean, we'll leave the body, but the body will leave us. You know, that won't last. And then also the mind is always changing. So it can be chaotic. So in a way, everything is wrong. And also in the, in the sense of egotism, I just recently kind of got inspired by somebody who said the opposite of spiritual, it's not material, materialism is egotism. So the opposite of spiritual is ego, egoic egotism. So from that perspective, then we see ignorance, which basically means ignoring what is true, our true essence. So yes, I, I'm really like listening to you here from a different, different perspective, more like broad perspective. 
So, yes. And then the focus on what am I here to do with what I perceive, as you said, beautifully. So I know we don't know what is real, really, but we know that we are perceiving these things. So it's important to see as an experience and it's not as something that it's permanent or or whatever. Some people, they just have so many different ideas of what this is or what life is. But I love the idea of seeing it for what is, which is just an experience of body-mind. So that's really awesome <laughs> to use your word. Yes, focusing on what am I here to do? What, what is the calling? What is the, what is, what I perceive is calling me to do with the body-mind? So what's my engagement with this reality? So in that sense, it really, really makes a lot of, um, it just it just opens up a new possibility to seeing ourselves and the world differently and this reality differently. And also the idea of self-acceptance, radical self-acceptance. That's a big one. Yeah, that's a big, big one for most of us, right? Who believe oh, sure. that we are the body-mind only. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's hard. It's uh-huh. hard. It's, I'm, you know, it I'm not is. saying it's easy, but I think just recognizing uh-huh. it and, and not judging as much, right, is kind of a, a, a good tool to start your road to self-mastery for sure. Yes. I just said something very fast. For those who believe that they are the body-mind, then this is a very important step. And I do remember when I was... Over 10 years ago, when I realized something in me was attached to the past and it wouldn't let go of the past, not forgiving, not forgetting. It was just a nightmare. And that was the first step to accept, accept everything and then accepting myself, the body, Mm -hmm, mind. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It feels a little bit different now because this perspective that I have adopted is more broad. So I don't, I don't feel I am the body, mind only. So it is, it's just something that is also appearing. It's just an experience. So that changed everything too, Simon. I don't know if you have had that. Um, I'm sure you have <laughs> the glimpse of that. You have had so many, even near-death experience that that's very profound. So it's very clear that we are the essence of what we are. It's not the body-mind, but the body-mind is, is being perceived by that essence. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think you summed that up nice. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know if it feels very, very real to the point of not even talking to anyone about it. Because if I do, they'll roll their eyes, and that's it. If it's a strangers, will be the last time I see them. Like, okay, that's something that I don't understand. And even my husband said the other day, he's like, you know, you make me feel very unintelligent when you talk about these things because I have no idea. Uh, it's, I mean, it's fun to talk about it. And there's something about celebrating, right? That's not even sharing. It's the celebration of that. Like, wow, we can just live out of the fear realm. We can just be free from that. But it's easier said than done. It is a practice. It's very much a practice. The article you wrote is actually says that a practical guide, right? So it's we have to be re- reminded it is a practice. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and you know, the other motivation I had for uh, for writing it is really to kind of start a bit of a movement, right? So we have we have this culture of like, as I said, even, you know, with suicide being rampant and and mental mental disorders and all this stuff all stemming from this notion that, you know, we're, we're flawed and like something's wrong with us and, and we have to, you know, do, do better and all these things. And so I wanted us to, you know, for, for people that are listening, it's, it's really about, you know, stopping and, uh, and, and observing the reality that we've created, right? What, what are the words 
that I'm telling myself about me or the world or, you know, what are the things that I'm hearing and believing? Are they true? You know, what, what is it really? And, and so when you start really questioning your reality uh, to like, OK, why am I upset about this or why is this something that triggers me? Uh, you know, and you can really look at it more from a non-attached and objective way. A lot of these words lose power and 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 you kind of become more inwardly focused again, right, on your on your spirit uh, on your, on your soul, you know, itself. And I think that's, that's the, you know, the big piece in this, like you said, it's a guide. It isn't, you know, like set in stone, but it's really starting a dialogue on, on this is why, why I wrote it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for doing that, Simone. We do need this kind of creativity. It's almost like it's a so inspiring creativity, isn't it? It's just so beautiful. And you just mentioned the, um, something interesting about being objective, right? In the sense of seeing things for what they are. And it, it feels like we are using actually, actually the rational mind to do that. But it's at the same time, it's not. It doesn't feel that way when we see something for what it is. It's almost like seeing reality without the filter of our own belief systems, our own like, traumas, right? Anything that's trauma-informed or... Uh, let's say, I think they call trauma responses. I remember coming yeah. from that place most of the time, looking at everything yeah. Yeah. myself from that, from those lens. So this is the product, byproduct of healing, isn't it? That's saying yes to healing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there is a, an interesting um, realization that I've had uh, on on kind of the reality and how, how the reality um uh, wreaks havoc on our nervous system. Uh-huh. Um, oh God, so, yeah. so you you haven't mentioned it yet, but it may be worth mentioning. Uh, I'm yeah. also a certified death doula. Ah, um, yeah. You know, right. through my own health right. crisis, I yeah. really felt passionate about um, supporting the end of life process and, and having a dialogue about that. You know what's happening. There's so so much mysticism about it and and fear. Um, you know, and so I have seen really in an end of life process where someone holds on for dear life because they are afraid to go. And a lot of it has to do with the stories we've been telling ourselves, right? It could be, you know, I lied to somebody or had an affair or had this and that and the other. And now I'm at the end of my life and I never really shared it and I have all this guilt. And then, you know, not, not to start another topic, but <laughs> yes. the, the church doctrine on top of it, yeah. of like, you know, sinners go to hell and all this BS that, that uh, yeah, is yes. there. Uh-huh. So, so really, uh, but, but when I uh-huh. go in and I can start to kind of clear that sludge energetically um, and really remove that traumatic things, it's interesting to see how, uh, the psyche, this this nervous system of this person that that I'm working with is getting calmer and calmer and calmer, and 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 it can let go, right? So so you tell me in, in in sense, right? So you can't really see the the energetic imprints, but they're there. And then um, as I'm removing them, and it's not like a like in matter, right? It's not matter. It's mm. it's, it's I guess. Mm. gas clouds or whatever you want uh-huh, yeah. you know grab in the air but like I'm, uh, uh. so as I'm removing this and someone really visibly starts to relax and 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 um, surrender into the process there's just so much there um, uh, and so I think that is kind of the you know the, the reality that that I'm that I'm um, you know that's how I re- 
sort of mm. see, see life at the end. And mm. uh, um, yeah. Is the reconnection yeah, to the essence, right? To the reality. That's what we are. Oh my God. It's almost like we're afraid of ourselves. Uh, in the end, that's what it feels like. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. We are afraid yeah, of our yeah. own energies. I mean, everything's created from that pure consciousness and that essence energy, that's fundamental substance. So it's just creation. But of course it is because of the ego, it's, it becomes very frightening because it believes it's, it's the body and the body will die. So and then, and now if we live, we have, like you said, if that's the belief systems we had, then yeah, that, then it's difficult to even see, right? To, to be in touch with that essence because we are completely focused on what is not true, what's not. I mean, it is true. And I would say, it's just, it's just not the whole truth. That's what it is. It's just even very, very, a very, a very small part of the truth. <laughs> this reality in the sense of body, mind. So once we realize that, then it becomes so much more fun. Even yeah. dying would be fun in a right, sense. Right, right, right. Well, one of my favorite sayings comes from the Buddha. I think he said at one point that um, question everything, question your teacher, even myself. Right. And when you start to question all the information and all the stuff that you're getting in, that's kind of this reality of sorts. And you and you start to find your own reality. I think things just become more peaceful. Yes, that's it. Yeah, we have. I mean, everything is it. So there's nothing that's not. And we are human beings. We are so what's fantastic about us that we can reflect. Actually, we can. Wow, we can be we can get very close to that essence. Some of us have, as you know, the Buddha, Jesus, and all these people. And I'm sure people that we don't even know their names. Right, right. They are already in touch with that reality. Uh, how amazing. I love the work you do. That's just so meaningful. Thank you. So Valeria. meaningful. Thank you, Simon. I love what you said, also in, the, in that article that you wrote, you quoted, I think there's, yeah, I think you said Albert Einstein might have said that, but I was kind of laughing at it. It's smiling and laughing, laughing at the same time. You quoted, everyone is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it, it's stupid. That paused me. I was laughing and then I smiled and then I paused in reflection. <laughs> like, wow, so true. Well, it's so true, right? So it's mm. like we are we are sort of always told under this guise of of lifelong learning that we must investigate and get better at things, right? And I think even sometimes in America, it's just like you can achieve anything. Yeah, I think that's true. But but there's just things that you're better at, and there's things that you're you know gifted with. And I think there, if you really truly hone in on what that is, that life can um, you know become lighter. I don't say easier, mm. but lighter. Love that. And, yeah. and so that, that yeah. is sort of my, my, why I love this quote as well. <laughs> yes, that's a fun one because, I mean, when you think about it, it's true. Some of us are not meant to do certain things. And I, you probably also heard about, there's a quote from the Buddha that somebody just reminded me of that one too, is in the end, what matters is how much you love, how gently you lived, and how gracefully you let go of things that are not meant for you. 
I have that on my door. I had to have that quote. It's on my door. I recorded my I studio knowing that. I have it on my door. <laughs> I love that quote, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know which one, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that just kind of reminds me, you know, especially, I mean, the first one, the second one, of course, it's always present. But then the third one is, is the one that we need to practice, right? Letting go of things that, that are not meant for us. Yeah. We're not supposed to be yeah. doing everything here. Uh, I love your message. What it reminds us, it's very profound. We're almost at the end, but I want to mention also that you have there some tips for living a flossom life. So you mentioned be, being yourself, celebrate your uniqueness, don't compare yourself to others, focus on what you have, not what you don't have. That's a big one. Use your talents and gifts to make the world a better place. So we talked already about pretty much all of these, but I wanted to mention that in order. You had five of them, five tips. So is there anything else that I forgot uh, that I didn't mention? Anything that you want that you left unsaid, Simone? Any question I didn't I didn't ask in this conversation? No, I, I would maybe just add to this that you know each person has something special to offer in this life, and I encourage everyone that's listening to really pay attention because you hear it from a lot from younger people as well. It's so hard. I don't know what I want to do as far as, you know, jobs and all these things. And, um, I encourage really, um, you to go into silence. Um, you know, because I think in the silence is really where we find the truth and we're so bombarded by, you know, the news and from notifications on our phones and yes. from instant messaging uh-huh. and emails and you name it, yeah. uh-huh. you know, spend time True. in nature um, if you can, you know, practice maybe a three-day silence retreat. Um, I went to a 10-day. That was uh, wow. intense. Yeah, I can um, imagine. But, you know, I, I'm <clears throat> always amazed when we start <clears throat> to let go of our ideas, when we start to filter out our own mind and, again, the bad advice that we're getting and start to see if you can sense and if you can hear spirit, you know, speaking through ever so gently. Um that is kind of like really where a lot of essence and a lot of truth comes out for you to, you know, find what you're passionate about. What is it that you want to offer in the world and, and, um, and be grateful for, you know, for the blessings and all the things that come in, even for the, the lessons, you know, some of them are like my own, not always easy. Um, but when you can look at them from what they are, not anything that happens to you, but that happens for you. Um, you know, that, that is sort of, I just want to leave people with that with that thought. Yes, a beautiful one. Uh, another beautiful reminder, right? And also having the courage, right? When we find, when we get to that point of listening to that voice, having the courage to do something about it. If the yeah. call, right? If it is a calling to do something. That's right. Use your talents and gifts to make the world a better place. Yes. Ah, uh, wow. You see, and that that's what I see. I get to see it all the time <laughs> from you amazing people. They are always... Oh, you're always trying to do something yeah, to help others uh, using your gifts or insights. Such a beautiful thing to see. It, it, that to me, even without the physical being, the physical self being involved, it's already tapping into the deep human connection in a sense of compassion, of empathy. It's just amazing to see. It's beautiful, beautiful to see. Thank you so much again, Simon, for your presence. Oh, thank you for your beautiful show and for, you know, bringing all these amazing people, um, you know, on and, and having a platform. So thank you for all you do. Oh, my God. Thank you again. And before we say goodbye for today, I do have um, a question for you on the ending question. 
that I usually ask everyone. So what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they die, before they lose the body? I know we talked a lot of things today, but I would love to hear like the, the summary of that. <laughs> uh, you were asking for a Taurus here, uh, yes. you know, profound questions. Here. But of course, food comes to mind. Ah, yes, yes, <laughs> um, why not? You know, so, so say, uh, you know, pick out whatever, you know, like interesting food that you want to try before mm. you die. That's one thing. Mm, uh, I would yeah. also say, you know, tune into a place around this beautiful uh, planet Earth, Pachamama, that you wanna you wanna go see, you know, whether that's mm. tipping your toes into water or yeah. uh, climbing a mountain somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and then probably my my favorite one is really, um, mm. you know, can you be kind to a child? Mm. And um, mm. you know, what what are the children teaching us? And you know, specifically young children, right? I'm talking under six because they still have this innocent spirit connection and seeing things. We could learn more um, from from the kids that are there. So pay attention. Yeah, mm, oh, wow. We can learn a lot. They are amazing teachers. Yes. Even my pet, I don't have children, but I have a pet. He has taught us, my husband and I, so much. So I love that. I mean, what's not to love about your wisdom? Thank you so much again, Simone, for your presence in this reality, for the truth that you share from that beautiful, deep place. And for everything else in between that could be felt today. Thank you again. Thank you. I'll have all your website links on the podcast profile when it's published. So you have a beautiful experience wherever you are and we'll, we'll meet again. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now, Simone. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Simone Lucci and his work, please visit sacredhealing.us, simonlucci.com, and healthe.world. That's healthee.world. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.